Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first, it's over! 27 years of waiting have come to an end! The Giants have won the pennant! All right, it's back. Thompson to Clark. We're going to talk about some playoff baseball. We're going to talk yeah. about Bruce Bochy. Uh, talk about like, it's it's kind of funny <laughs> to me because Bochi's back, Dusty is in the World Series, yeah, and we're sitting at home watching all of it. That's right. Where's Felipe Lou, man? Well, yeah, where is Felipe Lou? <laughs> so did you see what did you see what Dusty said about Bochi? I did not. So he said, uh, "Glad for Bruce. He's one of my favorite guys. He's one of the best managers around. I wish he was in the other division." I'm glad he's back. One more for the old dudes. Nice. That's right. They're actually in the same division. So, yeah. Yeah. The American League West is packed full of former Giants. Well, Stephen Vogt has uh, retired, so there's no more former Giant with the A's. I'm sure there's – actually, they probably have Sky Bolt, right? <laughs> former giant great so there you go <laughs> uh yeah so we'll talk we'll break down the series a little bit uh it, it is a 106 win team versus an 87 win team going into the world series yeah uh we'll talk a little bit about the poach stuff i do want to hang out on, on the boat stuff a little bit and then at the end we're going to reminisce a little bit and i kind of teased it with our little cover photo here 10 years ago today Jeez. Pablo Sandoval hits three home runs in game one of the 2012 World Series against someone who's going to pitch in the World Series this year, Justin <laughs> Verlander. Hit two of those against Verlander. That, that's like they say, if you stick around the game long enough, you're going to see a lot of uh, cross-contamination, a lot of um, former matchups who become new matchups, um, and now we're starting to see... Um, you know, the, the old guys and like Justin Verlander clashing with the young guys who have old dads like Vlad Jr., uh, <laughs> you know, Dante Bichette's son, Bo Bichette. So you're starting to see all that kind of intermixing. And it just, uh, I think it just makes the gray come out uh, even more, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> all right. So we, ta- we talked about this a little bit last week with, with Bruce Bochy. He was the only one 
who had, uh, I guess he was the only one who had talked to Texas at that point, but they didn't even really formally interview him. Uh, and to just, uh, just today he was announced as the new manager. Uh, I think he just literally said like, I just missed baseball, which was, uh, it was kind of a cool, like if you're a Rangers fan, you're like, yeah, like this guy's just a lifer, man. He just, he just wants to come back to the game. And I wonder, this is actually an interesting thing. And, and hopefully one of the really good writers tackles it, which is I saw Tim Flannery. He, he had a tweet the other day about like the Yankees had like 50 home, uh, 50 strikeouts and like 40 innings or something in the, in the ALCS. And he's like, analytics is just a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a the Yankees are a, a swing for the fences team. They they are very much the late '90s San Francisco Giants, where you've got a you know fifty to sixty home run guy, and then you've got the rest of the team. So I, you know, a Judge carried that offense for quite a while, and a lot of interchanging parts. I think John Boy had posted. Um, all the different lineups that were used in just the playoffs. And he said that was extremely frustrating to watch. And it's like, Oh, well, you're, well, you're not a giants fan. Right. So you right. don't know what it's like to have, you know, 178 different lineups. So <laughs> do you think it's a little bit of like the old guard versus the new guard? Cause in order to manage dusty and Bochi have to sort of still work with their front offices for the overall game plan, right? It is very yeah. much they are they are they are manager in the sense of of the word. They're not just on field coach. And we saw Larusa, uh, Buck Showalter is still managing. But then on the flip side, Gabe Kapler, Dave Roberts, new age managers who are very much running a playbook uh, in a sense. And, you know, I think after the Dodgers just lost in the uh, in the divisional series, there was there was a gosh, I don't know who the writer was, but Ken Rosenthal talked about on his podcast where he basically said, like, you got to do something different. Like the way that they're running out this pitching staff, you know, every year except for that bubble year. Uh, it's it's not working in the, in the postseason. So that's an interesting dynamic. I hope I hope to see one of the smarter baseball writers out there kind of go like, Oh yeah, here's the old guard. Here's the new guard. Like how's it working? Cause dusty is in line to win his first world series ever at, you know, his, he, he was coaching the giants, ma- managing the giants when we were in high school or I, yeah, uh, very close. You were probably yeah. right out of high school. Uh, and so that's a long time, man, for that guy to be around and he's still doing it. It's, it's amazing to see. Well, and, and he was in the World Series last year, and they got beat by the Braves, um, you know, and he's back. I think I think nowadays you kind of you, – you have managers and you have a collective. And the Giants right now have a collective. They, they have a coaching staff. They have a front office. They have a manager that all just kind of work together. Um, I hope Bochi is coming back as – a manager. And I, and I think that's the only situation he would come back to. He's not going to come back and be part of a collective. He was part of a collective uh, with the Giants in 2019. And, and it was kind of like, oh, you know, this, this is what it's like to be in a collective and to do the analytics and do all that stuff. Yeah, I'm good. 
I, I, I don't really need this anymore. Right. Um, so him coming back into a situation, he's coming back as a manager. Dusty Baker is a manager. Is is Rob Thompson in Philly part of a collective? I I'm not quite sure. I think they're I think they're a little bit of a hybrid. Uh, mm-hmm. Gabe Kapler left that situation. Um, Joe Girardi Ger- Girardi left that situation, not on his own <laughs> volition, but he was uh, uh, going out of his duties. It's going yeah. out firing like yeah, or no, but. Um, yeah, but- yeah 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 but but if but if they win the world series he gets a ring so yeah good for him but but i think that's kind of what you have right now is manager and you have collective um and you do have a little bit of the hybrid i i would like to see the giants become a little bit more of a hybrid i i could zadie could zadie want to be the guy though if if he if he's not the 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 number one I, i think so I think he's okay with that. I think I, he's okay with letting go of the reins. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if there's been a deep dive on this team when it comes to uh, Zadie's role um, and Kapler's role and the rest of the coaching staff's role. We we know that there's been a deep dive on Kapler and the coaching staff and how they do things. We've seen that over the last couple of years, but I don't, think the, the way Zadie talks, I don't think there's a, a finger on the pulse of, you know, that this is who you can use pitching wise tonight. This is who you can do this. This is how you can do this. this yeah. Is, there, there's, there's know. definitely trust there. Cause yeah, Ka- the one thing Kapler seems to be really good at is really understanding how the players are, are feeling emotionally and physically and where they are confidence wise and, and aches and pains and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And so, I'm I'm interested in your thoughts on this because I think we both are fans of Kapler. Sometimes I think he likes to speak in ways that are not conversational, and I think it sometimes bothers people. So I created for for our Twitter, our, our Thompson and Clark Twitter, and for the Facebook page, I created a new uh, Twitter profile photo, and I use our BSPN background or our logo in that and so i'll post it here for the people watching on video so i posted this on facebook and i actually got some negative comments (laughs) oh no (laughs) on using gabe as sort of the face of the giants and the reason why i I use gabe as the face of the giants is because no there's no posy anymore or else i would put posy and maybe maybe it should have been logan webb but i still don't think logan webb is really the face of the team it is it is kapler at this point right now right with crawford belt kind of you know, kind of almost being being done. Kapler's kind of the face, and and maybe, you know, maybe in in a couple months, instead of Kapler, I'll have Aaron Judge or I'll have Trey Turner on that photo. That that would be that'd be nice. But the the comments that I was reading was, I think that one of them was basically taking Larry Kruger's stance on Kapler in that Kapler it be, wants us to believe that he's smarter than he really is. And I don't like that take because I haven't seen that from Kapler. But if the non-conversational speak that he does do sometimes rubs people the wrong way, I understand that part. But I then don't equate that to Kapler thinking he's the smartest guy in the room, you know, all the time. No, I, I completely agree with your take on that. He, I don't think that he thinks he's a brilliant genius. I think what he is is trying to be a calm, understanding manager. 
uh, of a baseball team, a major league baseball team. That's it. I, I don't think he's trying to be the smartest guy in the room and or thinks he is. Um, his demeanor, the way he talks to the media, um, you know, he just tries to be respectful uh, and and describe the way the team is 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 going or or the way a player is without throwing people under the bus. I think he's just trying to be respectful to his team, and and a lot of times people take that as he's uh, you know he's trying to be super smart and brilliant guy. But no. yeah, he, he he's not going to throw someone under the bus necessarily he may be vague about it and in the way that he describes it we can probably kind of figure out what he's talking about like he's mentioned the defense in in so many different ways and you know if the if the person who made the the two horrendous defensive plays (coughs) chalk peterson i mean then that's who he's talking about right yeah you know you know i had i had this moment i was watching some of the some of the games uh the Philadelphia and, and San Diego series. Juan Soto was so bad in right field in at least two or three of those games. And I'm like, man, is this just like a, a thing where these outfielders, they're not as well-rounded, uh, you know, when it comes to that, like Barry Bonds, obviously was, he was the best offensive player and he was the best defensive outfielder in left yeah. field. And see that that's why he was the best. But I like I'm I'm watching Juan Soto and I go okay I get it like he's 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 a a really dynamic offensive player but I thought he was a little bit better of an outfielder and there's a, a moment in game one where they need a big defensive out because Philadelphia is putting guys on base and my guy loses the ball in the sun and he moves out of the way. Yeah, yeah. On a ball that if he catches it, then, you know, he stops a lot of that nonsense. And there was another one where he made a dive. He misses ball goes to the wall. There was another one. And this is a little bit of a smaller one. The center fielder is lining up to get the hit. And, and he's got that better angle to throw home. If he needs to throw home Soto comes all the way from right field and crosses over the center fielder. And when, by the way, by the way that he picks up the ball, cause he's left-handed, He's got to wheel all the way around to throw, and he's not going to get a throw off because of the way that I'm just like, that's a center fielder's ball. What are you doing? Like, there's moments there where I was just like, man, this is how we felt <laughs> every single game. And I'm watching Juan yeah. Soto uh, play poor defense. So well, uh, well, it, it, it was it was it was frustrating, but it it made me sort of think like, man, maybe we're you know maybe we're not that far off from some of these teams, especially when. You know, you have Kyle Schwarber having to play the field sometimes. When you have Juan Soto, they were not DHing him necessarily. So, you know, maybe maybe we're not as far off with this defense that I that than I think we are. No, definitely not. We we just don't have a, a Kyle Schwarber the a Nick Castellanos or a Juan Soto bat. Yeah. I think I think that's a problem. You you've got the defense that's rough. But you don't have the guy who has the eagle eye at the plate like Juan Soto, who, who could hit the ball 500 feet. Um, and, and just a side note on, on Juan Soto, you and I, we watch a ton of highlights yeah. this season. Oh, just, yeah. Just, you know, every game, not just the Giants, but just every game. That's what we do. We love baseball programs and we love baseball highlights. I honestly do not remember a single 
defensive highlight from Juan Soto this year. No. Yet here he is up for a gold glove in right field. Over over Yastrzemski, right? Over Over Yastrzemski. And it wasn't because Yastrzemski didn't have enough innings in the outfield. That's the thing we can gather from that. But I, man, when I saw that come out, I thought, oh, that just came out the day after he botched two plays in right field. So, and, and, and then I started thinking, I, I could think of a bunch of different players. Like if you name a player, I go, Oh yeah, I think I've seen a defensive highlight from them this year. I don't think I've ever seen any from Juan Soto this season. Uh, there aren't any that I can think of going back a couple seasons either. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's riding that name, man. Juan Soto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, th- I think that was what uh, I think it was Baggerly who tweeted that and said, you know, Yastrzemski doesn't have the name, obviously, but he was a much better outfielder than uh, than Juan Soto. You know, Yastrzemski yeah. as a as a right fielder, he is upper, you know, probably top seven or eight in 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 the game. But oh, yeah. it's just because he's got a he's going back to center and he's he's not, and he's a serviceable center fielder, but he's not the same dynamic center fielder as he is a right fielder. So there was there's some in in that as well. But yeah, yeah. I, I you know I'm and that's kind of like you know Philadelphia would would take advantage of those mistakes and and they were really good at that. Um, I was and then on the other side, the the I felt. Giancarlo Stanton was sort of the same way. Like anytime they needed a big throw, like there was a moment where they had kind of stopped the bleeding a little bit. And then there was a sack fly and he catches this sack fly. There's runners on second and or uh, maybe runners on first and second and third base space may have been loaded and he's not going to throw the guy out the plate. And instead he targets to, third base but he's so casual in making this play the guy tags up on second and goes to third and i'm like dude it's right in front of you like how do you not see what's going on it's right in front of you and and so stuff like that the good teams like the astros they just capitalize on that they just look they go okay there's a really good chance that stanton is going to not make a play and we're going to test him right. and we're going to keep testing him until he does make a play. And we're going to just take that extra base until they stop us. And it's stuff like that, where you look at the teams and, and that this is why I think the Astros are, are probably going to win this world series though. I I will kind of be rooting for both because I want Baker to get his ring, but we got Zach Wheeler on the other side. You know, we got, I'm, I'm a Bryce Harper fan. I've been a Bryce Harper fan since he was uh, in high school because I was following him through Sports Illustrated and all that stuff, I've always really enjoyed. And, you know, we finished second to Philadelphia in getting him. I was, yeah. That was the one where I was like, ah, he would have been, you know, the, my, my kid's favorite player, right? But uh, so I, have, I kind of want both to win. I, I'm not sure where I'm leaning. I think the Astros are better. But Schwarber and Hoskins and Bohm and Hart and, and Bryce, if they get hot, there can be something there, even with that 87 seven win team. Yeah, that it's going to be, I, I, I want to say it's going to be a good series. I don't think it's going to be a good series. I think the Astros win in four or five games at the most. Yeah. Um, but I will also be pulling for Philly because how fun would it be 
for the first season of the new format to get your number six seed in there, with 87 <laughs> wins to win the World Series. Will that open up next season for some of the midline teams, the you know the the Marlins, um, you know some of the other under 500 teams to say, hey. We just need to get in. We just saw it happen. I mean, this should be enough to say that the Phillies, once, once you get in, anything can happen. Um, people were pretty much writing off the Phillies when they got in, too, because they said, well, they're not going to get past Atlanta. Uh, well, they, they might get past San Diego. But if it wasn't San Diego, it would have been the Dodgers. That would have been a tough matchup for them. Um, but here they are, man. But, yeah, see, du- seeing Dusty get a ring would be great. Do you think he retires if he gets the ring? Do you think he it seems like away? he's having too much fun. He's having a really good time, and that's a very good team. And it's going to be a very good team for a while still. So they have such good young pitching, such good young starting pitching. Their bullpen is pretty nasty. And, and that's why I don't think Philly has much of a chance in this series. But we also didn't think they had much of a chance to make the playoffs or to win the first round or to win the second round. So when they played the Giants, I thought the Giants were better. They were. And I, and at that time, they were better. Um, I think I, I I got in a nice little I, I like Twitter arguments about baseball. <laughs> so you, got, were, were you arguing with someone? Yeah, not really arguing, but they said, you know, they, they said this new format is a joke and Philly doesn't deserve to be there and they're not that good of a team. But I but I looked at it on May 31st, um, that, and I use old school. I mean, I just, I, I write it down on like a, I'm old. Um, I'm, <laughs> You're not using the note, the notes app in the phone yet. No, I didn't have time. I didn't have time. I had a pen, I had a pen and a paper here, and I wrote it down. May 31st, they were 21 and 29. The Phillies, eight games under, under 500. But since then, they went 66 and 46. So during that span, they were an above 20, 20 games over 500 team. Yeah. And then you got to remember may, you know, two, two months later, they made some great moves at the trade deadline to shore up their team. They, this is a good team. This is not necessarily a six seed. They had to fight to become a six seed because they had a horrible two months uh, of the season beginning yeah. two months of the season. But, but this tells you it's not, I mean, it's a 162 game season. It, it's, it's all about what are you doing the last month? That, those are the teams that are dangerous and scary. The Giants got hot the yep. last month of the season, but they had dug themselves such a deep hole that there was nothing that could have been done at that point. So that that tells you again, you have one month during the season that's better than what you had, and the Giants are probably that six seed. Yeah. What could have been? What could have been? <laughs> so what do you think about them waiting a whole five days to start the World Series? I mean, it's in the schedule. You can't do anything about it. I saw <laughs> once these two series ended, I look at the schedule and I go, this is now longer than the All-Star break. Well, what I was wondering is, you know, there was some rain in in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. there the, obviously the the Yankees and the Astros, they got delayed, and the the Guardians game got rained out. Like further, you know, pushing this into gosh, what are they, the twenty ninth of October or whatever to start? It's going to be twenty eighth, yeah, no twenty eighth. 
they, you know, you could have, you could have been a little bit more flexible with the TV schedule, uh, though. That's probably the the reason you had to set the TV schedule and make sure that all these series were over because TV is not as flexible because they have their shows and stuff. But man, starting it on a Wednesday, you could possibly be done with the series before November, and then we know when it, when it comes to November, uh, at least in Philadelphia, there's probably chances of rain, right? Well, we got snow here uh, this past weekend, not down here at 4,500 feet, but up at 7,000 feet in Tahoe. I walked out Saturday or Sunday morning and I saw snow on the mountains. I mean, so, so it's here. I mean, the cold weather's here. Um, But you also have to remember too, it, it was that weird season because of the lockout. And so instead of ending the season on a Sunday, they ended it on a Wednesday. So that pushed everything. But yeah, I I think they also could have, could have been a little more flexible with it because if you're buying a world series ticket i think you're kind of leaving that week open yeah you know because if and especially if you buy a world series ticket and they say we could start on wednesday thursday friday well really wednesday thursday or friday we we could start so be prepared that ticket be good could be good for anything uh any of those days but uh, yeah, so we are going to have a, a World Series winner in November, and I think we won in 2010, right in November. Um, but the other two, I think, finished in October. Well, the sweep against the Tigers, um, that was I think we finished that in October, uh, and and the Royal Series was seven games, so that might have also been November. I'm gonna have to look those up. So we might have finished two of our three World Series in November. So not that yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, the the ALCS, the NLCS were not very competitive. Uh, right. n- now some of those games were close. Like like there were there were some teeter tottering games in, in Philadelphia and San Diego. Uh, the Astros really outclassed the Yankees, e- even yeah. more than I thought they were going to. Like I thought that. You know, let, let's go five or six games there. Astros are probably a little bit better, but they just they they just beat them in, in just about every possible way. Philadelphia and San Diego, I thought that was like the seven game series. They're they're not, you know, Philadelphia Philadelphia because they 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 probably underperformed dur- during the regular season. San Diego had more wins. San Diego had had the NL West, so they had you know they were behind the Dodgers and fighting the Dodgers and they finally overcame the Dodgers. And so you're like, okay, there there's the momentum. Right. And Bob Melvin, I'm sure he's going to be kind of uh, questioning himself for not bringing in hater to, to go against Harper uh, in, in that, in that moment in the eighth inning. And I, I get it. He's like, Oh, you know, we don't want a five out save, but how about let's get, that out. Let's worry about the ninth inning because that's how both Bochy would have managed it, right? Bochy would have yeah, managed absolutely. it. Absolutely. You you would you could have seen Romo in that situation right. in 2012. Or Javier Lopez or or whatever yeah, it yeah. was. But our, whoever's the best pitcher for that moment, let's get that put our best against their best, and then we'll figure out the ninth inning. And and right. you know, and so I think he's gonna be thinking about that moment. I think he should be questioned about that moment. You had been telling me that you know haters back, and I was like still a little worried in in that uh, yeah. ninth inning against the Dodgers. And then he just goes through those guys one two three strikeouts. 
Uh, I got to repeat. We got to we get to repeat that moment in MLB the Show. I don't know if you if you've done that. No, yet. I haven't gotten there yet. But I just did no, that no. in in the postseason <laughs> program. I just did it today. Oh, uh, I got it. I have so many programs that I need to do <laughs> that I keep looking at it and I go, well, I'm working on the current program because it's almost <laughs> over and I yeah. can't leave this program and do something else so, yeah, yeah so now but that was fun i i, I very much enjoyed striking out nice. uh freddie freeman to end <laughs> to end that one but gosh like that's the one where i'm like yeah. i'm so th- that that moment was like okay i'm so thankful that we had bruce bochi because he would have never let that moment ha- get away from him like that he would have managed that thing to the core and not worried about the ninth inning yeah, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, Melvin's been to the playoffs before with the A's. Yes. Um, he's never quite had this talent level before, I, I you know, dare I say. But, um, you know, yeah, yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I would have loved to have seen Hader come in. That was a perfect matchup. That was the perfect situation because then you didn't even, you know, what happened? You didn't even have a chance to bring Hader in, in, in the ninth inning to do anything because now you're down and now you're, you're scraping to get back in it. Um, I think what happened to the Padres was what happened to the Dodgers last year. And that was you're fighting your rival in the playoffs beating each other up and then you get to the next round just like the Dodgers and Giants in in the NLDS last year you get to the next round and you're spent yeah. your pitching is spent you're emotionally spent you're burned out then you go into Philly with the rabid crazy fans that was a scene and that was awesome because you had that in San Diego um in the first round against the Dodgers uh not the first round, the second round, technically. I keep, I got to get used to the fact that there's another round now. <laughs> so, so in the second round against the Dodgers, I know this is they, the fourth they, round of playoffs for the Phillies. That's, that's I know. I love it though. I love it though. I mean, give me more. I, and, and, and honestly, instead of two out of three in the wild card round, give me three out of five. Give me three out of five, you know, three out of five, and then give me four out of four out of seven the rest of the way. I'll take that. Cause then we're going to be playing until December, man. Let's uh, let's have 150 regular season games. Let's cut cut those. Uh, oh, I, I, okay. Short. I'm with you. I'm with <laughs> yes. you on that. More yeah, playoffs, that less regular yeah. season games. I'm with you. Absolutely. Even add in another team. I don't care. Just uh, give me more <laughs> postseason baseball because there is nothing like postseason baseball. Postseason football is great, but sometimes you get to the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship, and they're a little anticlimactic. And a lot of times you get to the Super Bowl and you go. Well, these aren't the two teams we wanted to see, but uh, it's the Super Bowl, so we'll watch it. Um, basketball playoffs, very exciting. I enjoy them. They they get more exciting as the rounds go on. I think baseball from the beginning, the first pitch of the first game of the first round, it's intense and insane. Um, and, and and these teams are ready to go, and so I want more of that. But um you know, back to what I was saying. So, so I think I think the Padres kind of spent themselves against the Dodgers. Then when they got to the Philly series, I think it was just a bit much. I think they were tired. I think they were beat up. I think they were worn out because again, they they got past Big Brother. They got very excited. They partied. They had a good time, <laughs> and then they go, yeah, on to the next round. But 
uh, you know, I see a lot of fans on Twitter, a lot of Padres fans, uh, you know, we weren't supposed to be this far anyways. We weren't supposed to beat the Dodgers and, you know, this and that. And I guarantee you, if that was us, I, I, I you know, if we would have gotten past the Dodgers last year and then lost in the next round, I, I, I still would have been just as disappointed because yeah, absolutely. I said we should be in the World Series, you know, 107 win team. Yeah, I mean, but that's a team who has never won the World Series, right? Like, mm-hmm. I remember, so my first World Series that I really remember is 1984. And I remember that whole season very well for a bunch of reasons, but I'll, I'll just quickly name them. My dad uh, took me to the All-Star game that year. It was so windy and so cold. His hat flew off. <laughs> in in uh and, and he never got it back. <laughs> like that's how we oh no. <laughs> uh the uh I was buying um every baseball book you could possibly buy from stats to stories to whatever. Uh, I started a, a scrapbook for all of my baseball photos from that year. So I was dialed in yeah. and I remember that Detroit Tigers team Willie Hernandez winning the MVP as a closer, huh? Yeah. Uh, and, but you know that good old days, man. And, and but but here's the main reason why I remember that very closely is because in 1984 we had WGN. So when I'd come home from school, there was always a Chicago Cubs game on TV. It would be the the end of the game. It'd be like the last two or three innings. But I, I would I would always just turn it to WGN. I'd get home, turn it to WGN, start my homework, and I would see that really good Cubs team. And so I knew that Cubs team very well. And so then the playoffs start, and the Padres beat the Cubs. And I was like, wait, how does this happen? The Padres aren't even that as good as the Cubs. And then they go all the way to the World Series, but they get boat raced by Detroit. But yeah. that was like my first real baseball memory of how this thing works was that 1984 season and the Padres were in the world series and, and, and they, they went back to the world series. Bochi took them back uh, once, I think once. Yeah. And, and, and they haven't that that's it. No, you know, no, no world championships for them. So uh, yeah, they, they, they have yet to taste that. So the, there are some Padres fans that I follow on Twitter and such, and, you know, I'm very much rooting for, you know, if it's not us, I was kind of like, I'm fine with San Diego doing very well. I want to see those people yeah. be able to see what we got to see for for those years. So, yeah. And and the atmosphere was cool because, you know, some of the some of the ones you like when you watch playoff games in Minnesota, the twins, eh. There's not much there. <laughs> Sorry, Twins fans, but it's not crazy. It's not insane. It's not Philly, yeah. San Diego. They were into it, man. And and we were watching the game here. My dad was over. Uh, you know, we had my my 14 year old's uh, family party, so the game was on in 4K, and 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 the dudes were in this room watching it on the 4K TV, and I'm showing off that, you know, I'm talking to my dad about tech specs and everything else. So it was me, my dad, and my father-in-law, and and my dad looks at, we were watching it, and there's pan in the crowd and everything, and he looks, he goes, I don't see, in Philadelphia, I don't see one single Padres hat. 
I said, no, because I think they're on the floor if they got, <laughs> if somebody walked into that stadium with the Padres hat. I said, they, they would have knocked that dude out. He'd be on his ass on the ground. So Maybe Ted um, Cruz should have went to <laughs> Philadelphia wearing some Padres gear. <laughs> I I would not be sad. By, by the way, I took care of my stuff today. There you Speaking go. That, yeah, there you go. I there you go. Got out and got out and got my ballot in. Um but yeah, that it, it's so. So I think San Diego. I was I, I like you too. I was kind of hoping for it, but it, you can't lose because you got a crazy Philly and you got crazy San oh, yeah. Diego oh, fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. So now you're and Houston. Houston's a pretty pretty insane, uh, you know, upbeat, crazy place to be at. And, and unfortunately, I think we're gonna see more of Ted Cruz. I don't. Know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'd never yeah. seen him at a baseball game before. When all of a sudden Ding Dong shows up at the you know <laughs> final game, sitting behind home plate, what did what did loaded, you think about loaded. what did you think about the Yankee fans just being like, nope, we're not going. Game four, we're gonna get swept. Tickets, yeah, uh, ticket friends. Where are the twenty one dollars? Yeah, twenty one dollars to get in the stadium. <laughs> that I that was very surprising because. Yankees fans are not like that, but they made a stand. Hey, they were pissed, man. Yeah. And they made a stand. And I kind of hope that pushes Cashman to either say goodbye or uh, to do something different with this team. Um, You know, as much as people hate the Yankees, when the Yankees are good, it's good for baseball. Yeah. You know, you you get a little more interest going. So I'm okay with that. Any worries about Aaron Judge's one for sixteen? No ALCS. No, he had a he had a pretty mentally uh, uh, trying season, especially that last week of the season, uh, where they kind of locked things up and 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 all the eyes were on him. That was a lot. I mean, that was a lot for him. He doesn't seem like the type of dude who likes to revel in the spotlight. Um, he had a he couple just- balls that were. You know, warning track shots, and then there was the yeah. the one in right field that uh, I forgot the guy who caught it right up against the wall. It probably wouldn't have gone over, but it would have at least hit the hit the uh, the yellow the yellow line. Yeah, exactly. And 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 he needs guys to hit around him. Um, so you know, when he's in San Francisco and and he's got Trey Turner Heck in yeah. front of him and and <laughs> behind him he's got. Uh, Wade Boggs. I asked my uh, my Dodgers fan buddy about Turner. Like, you know, if if uh, I mean, it seems like Turner probably wants to go back to the East Coast. Like, that's what it. That's what I've heard. But yeah, you know, it's like if what'd you think? Did you like the Trey Turner experience? And he's like, yeah, I loved it. He's he's such a consistent player. Like, he's just plays every game, dependable, and just really good baseball player. And I feel, I kind of feel like that's what the giants need. Like that's what the giants need. Yeah. Like if he buster, does want... He's like the buster Posey of the middle infield. Oh yeah. And if he does go back to the East coast, I, I could totally see him in a red Sox Jersey. Wow. Um, you know, because they, they haven't had that Pedroia guy in a while. Yeah. Right? So, so you get Turner in there with Xander Bogarts. That's nasty. I mean, that's a pretty damn good, up the middle of the infield. So yeah. Um I could I could see him in Boston, but I'd I'd love to see him in a Giants uniform. Don't don't get me wrong. But you know, I, I don't know what our what our purse strings are gonna look like. This should be 
there should be no <laughs> no monetary value is too much for the Giants. That's how they yeah. look. They, yes. Look at their payroll last year. How much money did they save? Not not digging into those the, those deep pockets though. Yeah, and uh, Renault's off the books too. There's 22 million free. I know. So, I don't know, man. man. All right, uh, before we get to the Pablo yeah, yeah. memories, let's quickly talk about what we are drinking. I people have seen my uh, people watching have seen my little copper mug there. Uh, I, I sent a note to you yesterday, and I was like, I know what I'm gonna be. I know what I'm gonna drink for the show. A Mexican Mule. There we go. And and so you had told me about the the ginger, the diet ginger beer that that your wife, the stevia ginger beer that your so, wife, yeah, stevia brand, yeah. Uh, so I went to Safeway and I was like, okay, if they don't have any diet ginger beer, then I'll go to the Sprouts and and, and get the the Zevia one. But I did find one. It is called Ooh. Bundaberg Diet Ginger Beer. So that's what I. Oh, bought. nice. Oh, perfect. And uh, and then I got some Terramana, though I kind of fooled myself a little bit because I thought I had Terramana Silver, but I actually had the gold. So. Oh, okay. I, I would have rather had the silver to mix, but instead I have the gold. But uh, so I had uh, it. I think it's two parts uh, tequila, three parts ginger beer, and then like a third of a part of lime juice. So mm, nice. uh, mixed it up. It's you know it's it's delicious. But what now that I have this ginger beer next week. I'm probably going to have to have a bourbon mule or whatever the Kentucky mule, like I think is what they call Kentucky it. Kentucky mule. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'll probably have next week. It's just the same thing, but with bourbon instead. Nice. I, I went, I thought it's, it's cold out. What, do, what, what are we got? 63 degrees right now, but overnight it was 27, 26, something like that. Um, so I went with, uh, I got the maraschino cherries in there. I made a Manhattan. Go. I got go. the uh, Sazerac rye and um, sweet vermouth, uh, some Angostura bitters, mix it up with some ice, uh, strain it, and throw a couple cherries in there, and uh, good to go. See, that actually yeah. looks like a cocktail. Like You put yeah. some time, <laughs> you put some yeah. effort into it. It probably took you about 10 minutes or more to make. Yeah, it, so it did because cocktail. uh the 16-year-old got home, and she was about to turn on the TV, and I go, oh, oh. I said, I got to turn on YouTube in here because I got to <laughs> remember how to make a Manhattan. So give me, give me a couple minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then my wife and I are going to, um, to, uh, Tahoe for a few days for our an anniversary. It's our 21st wedding anniversary. So congratulations we, on that. Thank you. So, so wait, we wait, wait, to, the yeah. year 2000, 2001, 2001. It was a month after about five weeks after September 11th. Wow. Uh, so all of our photos in the church, are very large American flags hanging down <laughs> from the ceiling everywhere. That's everywhere. I mean, it was everywhere. There are American flags everywhere in all, in all of our photos. Yeah. And our honeymoon, we, uh, were, we were supposed to go to Disney World, but we didn't want to fly because everything yeah. was a nightmare. So, yeah. so we're not going to do that. So we drove down to Disneyland and nobody was there. Wow. Because, because nobody was flying. Yeah. Nobody was flying. Uh, the place was empty. We had it to ourselves. They were giving away gifts. I mean, they, they, they were just like, here's a, here's a stuffed Mickey. Please have it. Thanks wow. for coming. Yeah. They, because, you know, they almost shut down too because of the, the, the terrorist attacks. They kept having 
you know, word that, oh, it was going to be the next strikes were going to be on, on landmarks like Disneyland and Disney World. So, you know, everybody was nervous to go to these places. And we thought, oh, we'll just drive down there and, and see what happens and whatever. And uh, so, yeah, it was empty. So, so this year we're going to Tahoe and I'm going to be looking for, um, I think the last time we were in Tahoe, I ordered, no, we were at uh, David Wally's Hot Springs in Genoa, Nevada. And I ordered a, an old fashioned at the really nice restaurant there. And it was absolutely the worst drink I've ever had. <laughs> oh, man. It, it was, I mean, I, I swear it was like one part bourbon three parts water (laughs) and then maybe they like it took an orange peel and went over the top of it like this and then way too much ice and it was awful so in south tahoe at heavenly village i'm going to order some old fashions while i'm there there you go i'm going i'm going to rate them because they've got to be better than that (laughs) (laughs) do you know that I'm sure I've told you the story before, but maybe you don't remember. I was in Houston during 9-11. Oh, were you? I was in, I'd flown in the the night before on a business trip and we were going into the office the next morning and then all that stuff happened and we couldn't get out. We didn't come home until Saturday, I think. I think it took us all the way until Saturday to be able to get a flight back. And then we always talk about semi-pro baseball. Uh, there was a tournament that I was in, in where we got to play on all the minor league ballparks in Arizona. And nice. uh, that was, I want to say it was like a month later. And so we had to get on a flight to go back to go to Arizona. Uh, it, the airport was packed, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. We got there a little bit late and positioned ourselves in line and was like, oh, it's not that bad. What we didn't realize we cut in, in half of the line and we didn't even know because of how far the, the line wrapped around. Yeah. And if we had actually gotten in normal line, we would have missed our flight. Like, Oh geez. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh that. that yeah. That. Fly, flying before that, when I used to go with the San Jose giants and it was broadcasting or, um, uh, uh, the San Jose rhinos indoor roller mm. hockey with KSJS flying was you a called breeze, roller man. hockey. I did. Robert oh and I did indoor roller hockey, the San Jose Rhinos. We that's, to, I, that's talent right there. It was fun, man. I, I had a really good time because I loved hockey. Oh, Robert Burke also did uh, uh, indoor roller hockey with us. Um, so I went to St. Louis, and that's when the Rams were there. And so I got to do two games in July back-to-back. Uh, it was like on a Tuesday and a Thursday. So I went to the Trans World Dome and I walked in. I took pictures of all the Ram signs and oh, everything cool. else, and I just kind of tooled around the city of St. Louis. It was 102 degrees, and the humidity was like 80. percent It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Middle of July in St. Louis. Oh, and then we did go see uh, two Cardinals games: Giants Cardinals. And so this was 1997. So it was Giants Cardinals, and then the next night uh san diego came into town so it was uh padres and cardinals nice yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's very cool yeah uh yeah so uh yeah wow i didn't i didn't know that you called roller hockey by the way yeah. i'm very hopeful that christian mccaffrey 
has a Marshall Falk like <laughs> effect on the 49ers. Because uh, when the Rams traded for Marshall Falk, it was pretty much over for the 49ers for those few years. It, it was, yes. All right. So uh, let's talk about our last segment here. And for those watching on video, I think we can I think we can share this. Um I, I have the Pablo Sandoval oh, against yeah. Justin Verlander clip that is roaming around Twitter somewhere. And it is Pablo taking Verlander deep. And you may be able to hear Joe Buck's uh, voice there in the back. But uh, I was at this game, and it is 10 years to the day, 10 years ago today, that Pablo Sandoval uh, took Justin Verlander deep twice, and then uh, whoever was the pitcher who who replaced Verlander, Pablo took him deep for the third time. And I was just kind of reminiscing about it because it was I can't first of all I can't believe it was ten years ago. Like that's ridiculous that yeah. it was ten. Oh years ago. yeah. So do you? Re- so so if you, I mean, let's let's set the table. There's an ESPN article in which every baseball writer says the Tigers are going to win the World Series. Like, they they oh, had oh, yeah. the Jews, and, like, every single one had the Tigers. So Giants were clearly clearly the underdog. They had just come back to beat the Cardinals uh, down 3-1. to one. Uh, We had to get behind some rally Zito. And then Zito starts game one against Justin Verlander. Like, at this point, we were like, Giants fans were like, we're playing with house money. Yeah, yeah. Like, right off like, game one. <laughs> we didn't even, you know, we didn't think, we, you know, we didn't know if we were going to get past St. Louis. Uh, and, you know, now Cincinnati. that we're in the World Series, Cincinnati, yeah, Cincinnati down 2-0. And talk, so, talk about being gut punched. Both of those series, the Giants could have laid down and died against Detroit because Detroit was the much better team. Well, you talk the that's Giants, the San Diego mentality right there, right? Yeah, they, like, they had they had about. used every bullet that they had in their chamber by the time they got to the Detroit series. Yeah, and for them to sweep, we were like, "What is going on? What what just happened?" <laughs> so, do you remember watching that game? Uh, just the setup to that game. Were you nervous? Were you were you just like ah everything you know from here on out? It, it's just what it is because we've been we we've, we've been so lucky getting into this thing. Like, do you remember any feelings going into this game? I do. So here's I have weird memories of this one. Okay, so it's 2012. The kids are what would they be six and f- three going on four. So I think I had gone straight home from work and my wife was going to pick up the kids because she knew World Series. He's going to go home, needs to sit down in front of the TV. And on the front porch, my very first iPhone that I owned had shown up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. It's like I said, weird memories. Game awesome. one, here's my first so iPhone. Awesome. So I'm setting it up during the pregame and I'm getting it ready. <laughs> then I get my beer and I pour my big thick stout. If you go, if you, if you go to my personal Instagram, and you go to like the second Instagram photo I ever took, it is a picture of a stout next to uh, a fake 
jack-o'-lantern pumpkin with a giant's <laughs> hat on its head about five minutes before game one started. So that, so that was my first, that was my first memory of game one of the 2012 world series. Th- then the Pablo home runs. But then my next memory was that throw from Gregor Blanco into Buster Posey to set the tone and get Prince Fielder at the plate. The absolute perfect throw, the perfect tag, the perfect call by the umpire. I had to look it up. It was Dan Iasonia made, made a fantastic call. Prince Fielder, there was no replay at the time, too. Fielder yeah. was yelling and screaming. He was safe. You watched that replay 800 times. There is not one angle that shows he might be safe. He was <laughs> out on every single angle. Uh, and then the home run by Pablo, then the second, then the third. I think by that point I might have been drunk and might have been <laughs> sitting there going, this is game one and we're trouncing the Tigers and we're beating the crowd. We have a chance to win a second World Series in yeah. three years. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so those are my memories of that. <laughs> I, I think we've talked about this this time last year as well or maybe even the year before because now we're 122 episodes in. Yeah. Uh, I, so my work... They uh, they called me. I was working from home. It was probably uh, I don't even know what day of the week this game was, but they're like, I, I had only been going. I was only going to the office maybe two times a, a week at that point. And so they call me and they're like, hey, can you come into the office tomorrow? I'm like, yep, no problem. I'm there. And they're like, because we had some uh, uh, one of our. uh one of our financers had tickets and and gave us their world series tickets. And so we chose you and another person. And so you're going to get to go to the world series. I was was like, Oh my God. Like like nothing I ever even thought of. Right. It's like one of those things where you're like, you know, maybe at some point I'll go to a world series game, but you know, I'm just focused on the giants winning. I don't even really care. You know, it's like, I just want want to watch this thing. And then when they say you're going to go, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is unbelievable. So I go to the game or I go to work the next day. Me and my buddy, David Weasen, a.k.a. the Ice Weasel, uh, (laughs) we jump on uh, a cable car, which I'd also never been on before. So we from work, we jump on a cable car. We get dropped off right at the ballpark and we're there. And, you know, like you've been to some sports games where. Some sports games, some games, some basketball games, football games, baseball games. It's like people are just chill. No, it doesn't feel like it's anything special. And then yeah. there are other moments where you're like, oh, this is a big game. Like the crowd understands it's a big game. And that was like you walk into that stadium and you're like, huh, this is a little bit different. This isn't like just a normal, you know, Friday night uh, against San Diego kind of game. So that was really noticeable. And then just watching how they got ahead and and you started to realize you're like you know maybe having the experience of 2010 for these guys w- was very helpful because Lincecum you remember Lincecum was not the same in 2012 right he like t- 2011 he has a really good year 2012 he's not good. And who's the who's the guy that replaces Zito? Zito goes, I think, five and a third or something like that. Gives up six hits, but only gives up one run. Who replaces him? And it's Lincecum. 
Mm-hmm. Lincecum throws two and a third and strikes out five guys. Just and you're like, that's the Lincecum that we remember. Yes. But he comes out of the bullpen, and so you're kind of like, oh man, this guy was the stud. He's the best pitcher in baseball for like three years. And now he's kind of humbled coming out of the bullpen, but he channels that Lincecum back. And I think, you know, Pablo hitting the three jacks was tremendous. Like nobody yeah. expected it. And it's just one of the things that you're always going to remember. But well, like, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a mashing home run hitter. Not at that point. Yeah. No, he, no. I mean, at that point, you know, he, you know, cause in 2009, he's kind of like, we're like, Oh wow. Who's this guy, Pablo? Like he's one of the up and comers and, you know, he, I think he made the all-star team in 2012 and right. then they win the all-star game, which allows them to have the home field advantage for that world series, that stupid rule. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the thing will always remember Pablo, but that little underrated thing that I will always remember is Lincecum coming out for that one moment and being Lincecum all over again. That was fun. Oh, yeah, and and I do remember that too. And there was another time he came in. Oh, was it 2014 where he came in and then got hurt and left? Uh, and that was kind of the the anti of what happened there. It was it, it was just disappointing and sad uh, to see him come in. And you thought, okay, here's Lincecum. He's going to have his moment. And I, and I, and I want to say it was the 2014 playoffs, and I can't remember, uh, you know, which which point it was. But, um, but yeah, that, that 2012 when he came in, that's heavily, heavily overlooked uh, in game one. There were so many great moments in just game one, you, you know, to kind of set the tone for the entire series. So it was like game one and game four. Those are the ones I, I don't have many memories of game two and three. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I, I don't but, remember exactly what happened. Yeah, but that's why we have this. There you go. So so I'll I'll be watching this in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, because we have no baseball for, for, for freaking No, until freaking Friday. <laughs> we have no baseball. We have I don't even know who's playing Monday night football tonight. It's probably a horrible game because Oh uh, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it is either. I it's, think it's uh I don't even know. I mean I uh, nobody oh, on it's, my it's, it's, it's new it's New England. Oh, okay. Against Oh, that's somebody. right. Mac Jones is back, right? Yeah. Is he back tonight? He is back tonight. Okay. Yeah. I only know because in the league that you've run now for, it's been like 20 years. It has to have been like 20 years. For it, this, yeah. This I started this league in 1998. So 24 I, years. Because I had Tony Banks as my first quarterback. <laughs> <So> that's amazing. <laughs> that's how much of a homer I was at the time. I didn't understand fantasy football. I just took Rams. I was like, well, okay. Tony Banks. That's my quarterback. I'm going to win. That's not how it works. So, <laughs> so 24 years of this league, and uh, yeah, I've, I, I'd, uh, I kind of went all in on on Vikings this year. So this is the Vikings off bye week. So my team is just yeah. shredded this entire week. But if uh, the Rams receiver, uh, what is his name, Jacoby something or other. Or not the Rams, the Patriots receiver, Jacoby Sutton, if he has a great game, I, can, I have a chance to win, but I'm probably going to oh, lose. Yeah. But that's yeah. the reason the, why uh, I know that the Patriots are uh, are playing tonight. Yeah, and, 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 and I won this week without Josh Allen 
and Cooper Cup because they both had buys. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened, but I won. And then and I and I had Matt Ryan as my starting quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. And then our two teams <laughs> again this week. Uh-huh. Battling this weekend. I know I think uh, yeah. I, I would love to have you on We Want Winners, but I but you're kind of here you're not sure if you're going to be back in time I, so that I don't know what the situation is I've got to talk to the boss and find out I have no idea what the plans are it's, it's I just your, know I'm it's driving your anniversary to Tahoe. Yeah. it's your anniversary it, it, it's yeah. it's all good for us though again we yeah. we would love to have you and also uh tomorrow night uh hot take Brian and I are going to be back with the death lineup because oh, yes. we, we usually record on Thursdays last week we recorded on Tuesday cuz the opening of the season started but He's actually going to be at the game Thursday night, so we're going to record after tomorrow night's Warriors game. So if you are also a Warriors fan, you can hear us uh, after the game on Tuesday night, and then I'll be back on Sunday night after the Rams 49er games. And I don't know. It's kind of uh, – don't. it's only week – it's only going to be week eight, so I'm, I'm not sure if there's yeah. a must win, but both teams kind of need to win. So this is kind of a big game to me. Oh, oh, it's a must win for the Rams because they're three and three and the Seahawks are four and three in first place and the Niners are three and four and and the Rams can only get over the Niner hump in the NFC championship game. That's not enough. You got to beat them in the regular season, uh, you know, win the division. And in order to do that, you've got to beat your rival. So yeah. they can't lose again, two games in, in this season against the Niners. So I think for the Rams, this is, you know, if, if McVay doesn't have a tight sphincter this week, then something's <laughs> wrong. So, <laughs> Well, you know, Andy Reed yesterday was definitely like, you know what? We're we're gonna we're we're gonna go into our bag and we're gonna show the 49ers some stuff that maybe we've been holding back because oh my they, gosh. they went into the bag man <laughs> they killed us it was not fun yeah. and there was nothing I could do about it I, I wasn't even really that mad I was like I, Kansas City's just good Pat Mahomes is just really Love good I, I, what, and that's what to do that's that's what Buffalo did to us in Week One on that Thursday night game I thought well that, I mean that's Buffalo they're gonna just beat the snot out of you so yeah that was the that was it <laughs> all right so uh we are done here uh hopefully uh well next week we'll have at least uh, two games to talk about or yeah probably yeah so they play friday saturday and then they'll probably play monday again i believe yeah so they'll be playing actually probably while we're doing our probably show. while we're recording we maybe we'll have it yeah. on in the background but yeah, uh, yeah brad, brad and i will be back next week uh talking baseball hopefully there are some giants news that we can talk about but otherwise we will be back next week so for brad i am double g we will see you when we see you peace out peace